welcome to the Unveiled Podcast. We discuss all things related to women to help us think Christianly in all areas of life. My name's Sandy, and I'm here with Susie. We both have a passion to bring gospel reform to womanhood, to families, and to all of life. My background is in education and music, and Susie's training is in biblical counseling, theology, and ministry to women. Susie and I have been friends and have served at our local church for over 20 years together. Every time I say that, it just feels like, wow, 20 Mm -hmm. years, Susie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've been studying the Proverbs 31 woman, and in this episode, we're focusing on verse 13, and it says, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. And as I was looking into this verse, a few things struck me. The first thing is her willingness to work with her hands. She doesn't see it as beneath her to do some hard work. She isn't complaining about it. In fact, she likes it. It's hard to put ourselves in her shoes, in her era, gathering wool and flax, the resources to help clothe her family. But how much emphasis should we place in learning more homemaking skills like sewing, cooking, gardening, canning? It's (laughs) the list goes on. Um, Or is it sufficient for us to outsource most or all of these items. Okay, so you've brought a lot of um, little questions and points into this question. So let me start with your comment about how the Proverbs 31 woman is willing to work with willing, or her willingness to work with willing hands. And I just love that because I think our, our culture has kind of given a negative view on work and yet the work that we do the work that we've been called to is a very good thing and it shouldn't be considered a burden it's actually part of the creation mandate to fill the earth and to subdue it creation or um, work is part of our our job it's it's part of what we've been created to do and so why do we have such a negative view on it why are we so quick to complain uh I think we need to bring the willingness back into our culture, especially as women, and especially for women who value the idea of of being at home and staying home with her children. Um, It's not a, you know, get out of work free card. We're still supposed to work. Uh, Our work might just look differently. And if we're dreading work, if we're only living for vacations or for weekends, then maybe that's actually indicative of having a selfish heart, a heart that doesn't really fully understand what God has in in store for us, what his plans for our life are. I like also how you brought out the point that it's not beneath her to do hard work. And I think that's another thing in our culture. It's almost like the professional woman, the high-class woman, shouldn't have to clean her own toilets or cook her own meals or do her own gardening because that's almost beneath her. And I don't think we should ever have that view in mind. I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, women who hire someone to help clean their house, but it should be to help her and to benefit the family, not because it's beneath her to do the work. And then, of course, there is... um, the, the idea that I, I often like to bring up, and it's that princess mentality that so many women have. 
And I think it's actually probably just as common in the Christian culture as it is in, in the rest of culture. Because we've almost distorted the idea of the husband's role to love his wife and to give his life up for her and to nurture her. Almost as if a, uh, an opportunity for us to just not do anything and just to sit back and see how much he's going to love us. And we forget what our part is. And so I just encourage women not to become the princess that thinks that her life, her role as a godly wife is just to sit around being loved by her husband. He is to do that, but you're also supposed to work hard and do many things as well. And the idea of not complaining about it. uh, Of course, um, I've been studying the book of Exodus, and throughout Exodus we we see a lot of grumbling from the Israelites. And we see that it starts with groaning, and then it becomes a habit, and then it becomes character, as if that's their their lot in life. They will just grumble and complain about everything. And when we're studying the book of Exodus and looking back at the Israelites, or maybe even just watching other people, it can be easy to 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 find that attitude in someone else. But do we ever take time to assess our own lives? How much do we complain? How much do we show our dissatisfaction with the things of life? And if that's where we've become, I think we need to to change that and and stop being the complaining wife that's never satisfied. And then you mentioned the homemaking skills. And I, I love the idea of homesteading. I think um, sewing, cooking, gardening, canning, those are all great things. And I have a, uh, I actually personally have a very general knowledge of all of those things. Uh, I could survive with them. I am certainly not great at, at sewing. And gardening is a lot harder than I remember what it was like when I was a kid. But those are, are things that I have a general knowledge of. And I, I think it's actually good for all women to have a general knowledge of that. And so we as women, if we're moms, we should be teaching our kids those skills as well. Um, and when we're looking at those, I, I do understand that depending on your life situation, some women are going to be able to devote more time to that than others, and that's okay. Some women might have a greater interest in those things, and that's okay. But really, we should look at your life and see what's needed. And what is your the greatest need in your home? And that could change depending on whether you have a full-time job or, or you're a full-time stay-at-home uh, mom, whether you're single or married, whether you uh, have children or not. Like the time you have to devote to these things is going to change depending on that. And I think that's okay. At the same time, I think with the things going on in this world today, all of us should have a greater interest in maybe learning some of these things because we might actually need them for survival uh, with a very basic thing like the growing price of groceries. Um, that should concern us. So maybe if we can grow some of our own vegetables or fruits or even raise our own chickens or uh, beef, whatever it might be, hey, if we can do that, that's great. Um, and then these 
other crazy things that are being talked about, like the 15-minute cities? Like, where is that taking us? Are we going to be able to go further than our 15-minute cities? I don't know. Um, But with some of these concerns in our society, I think we should all be looking at um, how we can sustain ourselves if that is necessary. I also think that the more you contribute, the greater ownership you will have. So the more you invest in your home, whether it's cooking your own meals or cleaning your own house or growing a garden, uh, maybe sewing your own clothes, you can have greater ownership in that. And there's joy in having, um, you know, uh, a loyalty to those things and uh, bringing your family together in those things. So I just encourage women to start off with simple things. You don't have to be super fancy, especially in terms of cooking. Um, You don't have to be a gourmet chef to be able to provide a homemade meal for your family. And uh, maybe you're not going to have like a full-blown garden the first time you do a little bit of gardening. But maybe you can have some tomatoes in a planter and start with that. Uh, So start off simple. Don't, Don't expect to be too fancy. And then I also encourage all of us to consider um, the social media influencers and remember that you're not called to pattern your life off of an influencer on social media. And uh, over the last number of years, maybe the terms mum fluencing or home fluencing or farm fluencing have come into your vocabulary because those are the types of social media influencers you are uh, watching and uh, dreaming of being maybe. Um, But let's be careful about that. Uh, I read an article that uh, gave a little warning. Uh, It said, when you see a pattern like these unbelievably perfect moms, which usually social media influencers essentially promote themselves as, as being, And when we see that pattern over and over, you expect that pattern. You expect to see it unfold in your own life as you aspire to it, even if you don't know it's bad for you. So it's optimistic in that it's an aspiration, but it's cruel in that you want either what you want either doesn't actually exist or does exist, but it's actually harmful for you. And that's uh, a quote that I found from Harper's Bazaar. So it's just kind of a little warning that if we're watching these social media influencers, and it can be pretty entertaining, but if we're watching, watching that pattern over and over again, we start to expect that that's actually reality and we want that for ourselves. And maybe it's it's not even a possibility because no matter how realistic these influencers try to be, They're only showing you a part of their life. They're not showing you everything. They're not divulging all of their information. And I don't necessarily think that's necessary. Everybody has a right to privacy. But if we assume that the perfect life that they are modeling on social media is reality, we're going to live up to a lot of disappointments. And so I think we need to be careful as we watch these influencers even if they seem to be influencing us influencing us in good ways like the mom and mom influencers they're trying to model what good mom life is that's good we mm-hmm. want to learn or home influencers we want to have a nice home uh, or farm influencers like 
hey, farm life can be pretty cool. But are we more interested in in um, maybe making our homes or our families or our, our life on the farm or mothering to look like it's the perfect life than we are in actually working hard at accomplishing some of these things and actually being an influence in our family, not just social media likes? Um, Are we actually putting the work into discipling our children or are we just interested in looking like the ballerina farmer? So I just recently heard of the ballerina farm. It's a social media influencer. Uh, the wife is a, a beauty model. She's adorable, and her children are adorable looking as well. They um, live a life of what appears to be a life of ease and simplicity and, and very nostalgic or organic. And to be honest, I think some people are a little bit too critical about this family. Um, the word came out that they actually come from a very wealthy family. They came with money, and so the audience that watches them feels betrayed because they were never told about all the wealth that was brought into farm life. Um, and so I just think maybe some people are a little too critical. We don't have to resent people for their wealth. There's nothing wrong with having money. And the reality is the world isn't entitled to know where their money came from. But... We as the audience, the watchers, need to remember um, as we follow these influencers that there's a lot more to their life than they're not showing. And for one thing, uh, this particular family started off with a lot more money than you and I, Sandy, will ever have and probably more money than any of our listeners. And that makes a difference in even being able to purchase that farm, to be able to get the equipment and resources to run it. And who knows how much help they have in being able to manage it. And so we need to keep that in mind. As we're thinking about maybe homesteading or mom life, we can say, oh, this looks great. She seems to have it all together. She seems to have the perfect life. But is it actually a realistic life for us to aspire after? Because we may not have all the resources or availability to the resources that she has. Um. And, and so we have to consider that. Plus the things that she's showing, she's not showing us every day, every detail of her life. And she's not obligated to. She doesn't need to. But let's remember that. She's not showing us every detail of when her kids are up in the middle of the night sick and puking or when she's uh, pregnant and feeling sick and tired or when... Um, her and her husband have gotten into an argument or when the kids are running wild and crazy and those kind of things. She's not showing us all those things. So let's remember that. Uh, her life isn't the perfect life, even if she's got some things all together. And then secondly, uh, especially for those who are interested in the homesteading and the farm life, yeah, farm life is refreshing and nostalgic But it's also very challenging. So are you actually willing to put the work into it? Or do you just dream of it and and then feel jealous that you don't have what she has? And so I can just speak into farm life from the very small amount of experience that I have. I live on a, a little hobby farm. And I have to be totally honest, I do very little out there. It's my husband that does most of the the farm life that's his 
his uh, form of recreation, which I'm very thankful for. I enjoy it, but I have a lot of other things that I need to do. So I limit my time out there because if I start doing something, then I might be obligated to continue doing that. So I mostly just watch from a distance. But we've, back during March of 2020, I think it was, we had this horrible traumatic birth. There was a, a calf that was being born and got stuck in the mother because she didn't have hips that were big enough to actually birth this calf. This was in the middle of the night. So we were up in the middle of the night trying to birth this calf. And I'm not going to go into all the details because it was actually pretty traumatic. It was pretty awful, partly because we were tired, but partly because this was an animal and it was not a good experience. In the end, both mother and calf died. That's not fun. That's not a fun part of, of farming. And not to mention other baby animals that have died. And we've... We've seen a lot of that, more than I'd like to admit. And as much as, I'm not even, I like animals, but I'm not like a crazy attached animal person. But there's always a little bit of sadness. It makes you feel kind of sick when you see that an animal is dying and there's nothing that you can really do about it. Um, that's part of farm life. In weather conditions, you're very dependent on weather, you have to be very aware of what the weather's like so that you can have proper bedding and proper um, warmth for your animals or if you've got crops, considering are they getting enough rain? Is the soil good? There's a lot to think about. And even a little bit of gardening that I do. It's not as easy as, I, as it looks. I grew up in a family that always had a garden every summer and it seemed to be pretty easy. But when I'm trying to do my own gardening... I don't know. Like the weeds, they're relentless. And the plants that actually die, or sometimes they get diseases or little bugs on them. Like I just don't remember that. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's the area that I live in. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just not a good gardener. But it's a lot harder than it looks. But I'm not going to give up. And then this particular influencer, the ballerina farm, back to that, She's got seven kids. So no matter how good you are, it's not easy. So before you start dreaming of this perfect family that has seven kids living on a farm, just know that it's going to be hard work. And then the other thing, this social media influencer that appears to have this perfect life, she lives her life, her family in front of the camera a lot. So how is that actually going to influence or impact her children. And um, I don't know anything about a whole lot about this girl. I, I was just introduced to her. But when it comes to any kind of a social media influencer, I think we always have to ask, um, are we more concerned about being able to post the next cool picture or video than actually investing in our own kids? Um, and this particular woman is a Mormon. And so we listen to all sorts of people. We don't just listen to other Christians. We can learn about homesteading from people who aren't believers. But don't let someone who's not a Christian become your hero. And um, when you do watch her, do you actually learn from her? Or does she just cause you to become jealous or envious of her? Do you become dissatisfied with your own life? 
Does it cause you to live in a dream world rather than reality? That's not on her. Don't blame her for that. That's on you. And so I'm just saying all this because I've noticed that homesteading is the new thing. And a lot of people think that's cool. And hey, I'm all about that. I think it's great. I myself try to um, input that into my family life and in an increasing way, partly because I, I love just the uh, the natural part of it, but also because I see a growing need for it. But don't just watch these influencers in desire to be like them living in a dream world. Do it for the right reason. And the right reason is because you want to be a hardworking woman, a woman who worships God. And these things should actually cause us to worship God more, not ourselves. And then because you enjoy it and because you actually want to provide for your family, not to become the next cool homesteading glamour wife influencer, homefluencer, or farmfluencer <laughs> if your goal is to, um, you know, become that. Do it for the right reasons. And... Um, hey, if you become famous, that's great. But our goal should not to become famous, uh, to start doing the homesteading to do that. Uh, so once again, it's it's should never be about you. It should not, we should not be the hero of these stories. It should always be God. And so that's a long answer to your question about <laughs> homesteading and maybe didn't go in the direction that you thought it would. Uh, but that's, that's kind of what I thought I'd talk about. That's great. And as you were saying that and talking about the social media and the, influ- the farm fluencer, I've never heard that term before. I laughed every time you said it. Um, you know, maybe instead of looking at um, at people who you don't see the real the real picture of their lives, you know, just as we have Christian mentors, maybe finding somebody, a real person who is good at, at the homesteading or different skills and learning from and you know, an actual, an actual person. So, okay. My next question, it's not as long as (laughs) as the last (laughs) one. Um, you know, you kind of said that you can do many, many things. And, uh, I, I know that about you. Um, but what skills are you currently learning or do you want to learn to become better at? Well, um, I would say I grew up in a home, like I already mentioned that did gardening and my mom always cooked everything from scratch at home and um, not everything. She did a lot of home cooking. Um, she did some sewing. So, I, yeah, I have a general – and canning, lots of canning. So I have a general understanding of all those mm-hmm. things. I don't tend to have all the science behind it, behind it all because my mother just did it. She didn't do it because of the science – of, of how canning works, but she just knew how to do it. So I do enjoy it, and um, some years I'll put more effort into to it than other years. I'd like to get better at it. Uh, so, yeah, I guess um, probably the two things that I want to focus on at this point would be um, to be a better gardener. Last year my garden was better than it had been, and this year I hope to have an even better garden. I do enjoy having fresh vegetables and getting them from my own garden, and having homegrown tomatoes are like a hundred mm. times better than any tomato you can find in a so grocery good. store. Yep. And then uh, a little bit of sewing. Uh, I just bought myself a new sewing machine. I 
as most of you probably know, if you know me or have been listening to my podcast, I do have a new grandbaby. So I did oh. sew a little baby blanket for uh, oh. my new grandbaby. And I've got another one coming. So I'll have lots of excuses to sew <laughs> baby blankets. I don't know how much more skilled out I'll get than that. But oh, I've so got the fun. sewing machine, so we'll see what we can do. That's great. Yeah. Um, many women haven't been raised to think about the home in this way with homesteading skills. They're not they're not being taught really anymore or ho- hold a high value. What would you say to encourage women who claim that they don't have a skill set or they just don't have a desire to learn? What do you what would you say to a single mothers who don't have time or resources to invest? Okay. So good question. So first of all, I loved what you said after my very long answer there and uh, in to the earlier question where you said, well, maybe just find a real person that you can learn from. And that's what I'd suggest. Like find real people that know how to cook or know how to do gardening or know how to do sewing and learn from them. In fact, so I've, I've done like basic sewing, you know, very few times, but through many years of my life. Uh, but when I was going to sew this baby blanket, I'm like, ooh, my sewing, first of all, my sewing machine was very, very old. I'm like, I don't know if I can make this thing work. And uh, so I started asking a friend of mine some um, tips on how to buy a new sewing machine. Um, but through the process, she ended, ended up inviting me to come to her house to actually do the sewing. And so guess what? I went to her house and she had me do the sewing, but just having her there to give me some guidance mm-hmm. just gave me the confidence to be able to finish the blanket and feel good about it. And the next time for my next grandbaby, I'll feel confident confident to be able to do the sewing myself. So it was just an opportunity for me to learn or get the confidence back again to be able to sew this blanket. Plus, she had a really nice sewing machine, which worked much better, and then gave me the confidence to buy a sewing machine that I myself will be able to use in my own home. And when it comes to things like canning and cooking, I, um, just a few times, but once in a while I'll I'll get my daughters or my daughters-in-law to come and we'll do some of this together. So I like to teach them, and not everybody has that, but find someone that can teach you. They've been such enjoyable days. Like this summer I had... Uh, my uh, daughters and daughters-in-law, they'd come help me do some ca- peaching or peaching, <laughs> can some peaches and uh, can some salsa. And it was just fun to be able to do it together. It didn't seem as much work, but I also find joy in knowing that I'm teaching them. Mm-hmm. And they might not do it by themselves all the time, but at least they now also have a general skill so that in the future when they want to do it for themselves, they can either ask me again to refresh them or maybe they'll figure it out on their mm-hmm. own. But if you just have that general knowledge, uh, it helps set you up for the time that maybe you actually do need it mm-hmm. or maybe you want to do it yeah. on your own, right? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I'd say learn from the people that know how to do these things well. And don't be afraid to ask questions. And then secondly, in a day with um, YouTube and Internet availability, we have no excuse. Uh, Let's not just follow the influencers, even though we can enjoy them. uh, But actually take time to study and to learn. We don't even have to spend a lot of money. We don't have to go to school to learn these things. We don't have to take a class that costs us $100 
just go on YouTube and you can usually find pretty much everything you Mm -hmm. need to learn and get some basic skills and then just start practicing. When it comes to single moms, I would say, you know what? It's cheaper to cook your own food than to buy packaged or to eat out. So it's worth it to learn to cook your own food. Um, If it's a matter of of time, um, learn to to balance time, resources, and talents, uh, you might actually find that it doesn't take as long to just learn to mend a simple patch or a a simple piece of clothing to put your own button on than to go to the store and buy a whole new item, and it certainly doesn't cost as much. And um, there's a lot of resources that you can get for cheap, get them secondhand, or maybe there's people that you know that are trying to get rid of some of these resources like be it a sewing machine or different gardening tools or whatever it might be I think if you if you try I don't think there's a whole lot of excuses to say that you can't do any of it maybe you can't set up a farm like the ballerina farm girl because she's got lots of resources that most of us will never have but you can do a little and you can do what you can be resourceful and creative with what you do have and in the end likely it'll cost less it'll probably actually even save you time even if you think you're investing a lot of time but be be willing to balance that out and and figure out what you have time for and do what you can and don't compare yourself to other women but look at your family your needs and learn to do what is required in your family in your situation Mm, that's good I think that this verse really exposes the lazy or the arrogant woman. And I think, (laughs) I know I can relate to that in some way. I think we all can. Um, The Proverbs 31 woman does her work cheerfully. Do you have wise advice for when resentment or even self-pity might creep in? Yeah, I think the first um, point is that we need to remember that we're working for God. We're not working as people pleasers. And I think probably most of the time when I either get bitter or feel sorry for myself, it's because I'm being a people pleaser and maybe I've received criticism or maybe I haven't received affirmation and then I start feeling sorry for myself. Um, And it's because I've taken my eyes off of who I'm supposed to actually be Mm. working for. A key verse that comes to mind is Colossians 3.17 and also 23, uh, which say, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And so I think we just need to remember, don't do the work because you want to get appreciation that you want a comp or that you want compliments uh, don't give up when someone complains or doesn't notice a lot of the work that we do will go unnoticed and many times people will complain keep doing it if you're doing it well as to the lord their comments shouldn't get you all upset they shouldn't cause self-pity or resentment or bitterness um, that's on you. And, uh, and then secondly, know your mission and your priority. 
Your mission is to bring glory to God. That's more important than having the cleanest house, having the most decorative house or the most fancy meal. And that's where I think once again, um, sometimes these influencers give us the wrong idea as if their house is completely tidy every moment of their day or um, every day they put on the most fancy of meals and we, we keep feeling like we, we're not measuring up. And if that's who we're comparing ourselves to, if that's how we're modeling our life after, we will feel like we are failing and then we will get resentful. But know your mission. Uh, and this takes us back to number one. Why do you do what you do? Do you do it to actually please God because you're working for him or because you want feedback you want people to love you and to honor you and to glorify you rather than glorifying God um I know even just like as a a mom when I was a mom with young children I I tend to be a doer I, I feel like I need to do more I like to work hard and I would feel like if I was only sitting there and nursing my baby that I wasn't doing enough. I I felt this tension knowing, yeah, this is important, but I should also do this. And what do I actually have to show for what I've been doing with my time all day? And, And yet at that time, my most important work was to care for my baby and to make sure I was stewarding my body with sleep and rest and proper nourishment so that I could recover and continue caring for my baby and my husband. And I needed to learn to prioritize that and to know that doing that was enough. Uh, I didn't have to measure up to the perfect home, the perfect meal all the time. And then number three, stop complaining it before it becomes a habit and then defines your character. Uh, Rather, thank God that you can work. Thank God for the family or the home that he has given you. Once again, not everybody has that. And so many times we as Uh, married women or women with children, we can begin complaining about the very children and family or husband that God has given us. There's so many women that wish they had that. So the next time we want to complain about that, let's choose to actually thank God for that. And then thank God for his provision. Uh, Next, let's remember that he who doesn't work shouldn't eat. Second Thessalonians 3.10 tells us that. Uh, So instead of complaining about our work, let's just be thankful that we have it because the lazy person shouldn't actually have the right to eat. And then also remember the things we say have a powerful impact on how we think. If we're consistently speaking negatively, we will believe that negativity. And then also be aware of your inner talk. If you are always grumbling, even if it's just inwardly, you're not actually speaking it out loud, eventually you will be grumbling out loud and people will look at you as a a grumbly person. So stop complaining. Um, Number four, repent of bitterness or self-pity. If that's who you become, you you need to repent of that. Don't excuse yourself. Um, number five, resist comparing yourself to other people and model your model your life after God's word, not after other people. And and remember that you are not the victim. 
um, we can easily think, woe is me. I've got so much to work. My kids make such a mess in the house and they, they always want more food or I don't know what it is that we complain about, whatever it might be. We, somehow we, as women, can easily think of ourselves as the victim. And I think our, our CRT culture uh, doesn't help with that. They The CRT culture loves to find the victim and then to blame their victimality on everybody else. And yet God's word is very clear. We need to take ownership of our own attitudes regardless of the situation, regardless of how others have treated us, regardless of the harm they have done us. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes people have harmed us, but we still shouldn't live as the victim for the rest of our lives. We still have a choice on what our attitude is going to be. And so to conclude, I'd just like to say we need to know that our our work is um, something that we should do willingly. As we work willingly, it is an act of worship. It's not worship of self, but it is worship of God. Again, some great words of wisdom from Proverbs 31, but also from our discussion today. And I love I love all the references in the Bible to sowing and reaping, and there's just so many spiritual lessons that can be learned through the physical world and working diligently with willing hands. Um, I just want to end with um, a verse from Galatians chapter 6, and it's an encouragement to me. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So be encouraged. Thank you for joining us today as we aim to rebuild biblical womanhood from the foundation up. 